The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is indeed from St. Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37, and it can be found on page 1578 of the Pew Bible. Mark records, But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now, Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. And even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near right at the door. And truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task. And he tells the one at the door, keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. This is the last Sunday of the church year. And humanity has a natural curiosity about all things. I haven't been paying attention at the checkout at the grocery store lately, but 
There used to be a, a rag there, a, a, a newspaper called the National Enquirer. You ever saw that? And the National Enquirer didn't have the tagline that said, Inquiring minds want to know. And honestly, for the most part, um, inquiring, inquisitiveness is a good thing. However, there are times when curiosity has gotten individual people into a whole lot of trouble. In today's Bible readings, they produce a natural amount of curiosity. It is the last Sunday of the year, and it makes sense that we hear Bible readings about the last day on this last Sunday of the church year. And the topic of the last day, it really does trigger a natural curiosity. And it causes us to ask, who, what, where, when, and how? And we want to know everything. But God knows, Father knows best, that it is better if we don't know everything. And Jesus firmly tells us that no one knows God's schedule for the last day. In fact, we hear this twice in today's gospel. We hear it in other scripture as well, but Jesus tells us that the angels don't know. And that even the Son of Man, in his state of humiliation, does not know. Humiliation. Um, what I mean by that, in the very root of that word, uh, humiliation is the abasement of pride. Humiliation is a humbled state, a reduced to submission state. So Jesus, fully man, fully God, condescended from up here down to us to meet us eye level, was in a state of humiliation, submission. God's decision to hide these things when the time comes, combined with our natural curiosity and our orneriness, our contrariness, causes something strange to happen. And that is this. In spite of what God's word clearly says, there are people who insist that they know God's schedule for the last day. Just for the heck of it, I went online and I looked up in the search term, false prophets. Just was curious. And a wide variety of false prophets have selected dates for the end of the world. Thousands of dates. Many people who make these predictions claim to be Christians in spite of the fact that Jesus 
specifically, emphatically told us that no one can know the time. For example, in 2012, there was a whole lot of concern about the Mayan calendar. Do you remember that? The earth was supposed to come to an end on December 21st, 2012. And you saw pictures of this Mayan calendar, and it kind of looked like an Oreo cookie. And there were jokes that were made about it. And the fact is this, that um, it's been revised. So, oh no, it wasn't uh, December 2012. Then it was um, June 3rd, 2016. And then it was supposed to be December, uh, just before Christmas last year in 2020. And then apparently um, it's, we're all done on December 21st of 2021. Now, funny how you can move the goalposts, right? Well, the descendants of the Mayans and others who study this thing, this stuff, they keep telling us that there is no meaning to the end of the Mayan calendar and that the ancient Mayan numbering system just simply ran out of numbers. And even so, there will be some crazy people who will make radical lifestyle choices assuming that the world will never reach the end of 2021 or 2012 or 2016 or 2020. And we know that there are con artists out there who will use this sort of craziness, this mania, to make a quick buck. And over time, we hear tragic stories of a great amount of money changing hands because some people were able to convince other people that they knew when Christ was returning. And from time to time, you will read about a poor soul that has given away all of their earthly belongings waiting for Jesus to return. And then when the day comes, and that day comes, these people have no homes. They had no jobs. They had no savings. It was all gone. And as incredible as these tragedies are, they are really not the worst thing about these false prophets. For while people are obsessing over the time and the itinerary of the end times, they are forgetting the important teaching in today's gospel, and that was this. Jesus said, be on guard. Keep awake. Therefore, stay awake. And what I say to you, I say to all, one more time, stay awake. The important thing is to be ready when the last day comes. The reason Jesus wants us to be ready is that there are two and only two eternal destinations in the last day. And those destinations are either heaven or hell. And heaven is much more of a blessing than we can ever imagine. And hell is is much more of a curse than we can ever imagine. And the important thing is to avoid hell and to enter heaven. 
It is not important to know more than that about heaven and hell. It is not important when the last day comes. It is just important to know that it will come one day. And the only way to be ready for that day is to be ready for it every day. So you see, when we are speculating about the nature of the last day, when it is what it will be like, our attention is drawn away from preparing for it. So what does it mean? What does it look like to be awake, to watch, or to be ready? Well, Jesus did not die on the cross so that we could know the details of all of the events on the last day. He died so that we could be prepared for the last day. And preparation for the last day means that we must be holy in God's eyes. For only those people who are holy will enter the kingdom of God. The Bible gives us just two ways to be holy. One way depends on us. The other way depends on God. The way that depends on us requires us to be perfect. There can be no mistakes, no slip-ups, no whoops, oopsie, no gee, sorry about that. No, we must be as perfect as God is. The slightest blemish, the slightest spot, the slightest wrinkle on our record means that we fail. It's all over. The test is a pass-fail exam. 100% passes, and everything else short of that is a fail. Done. Over. And the next stop is eternal torment. There are no appeals. There are no do-overs. In all of time and space, there has been one and only one human being that has ever pulled this off. And every other human being fails this test at the moment of conception. For we know that David wrote in the Psalm 51.5, In sin did my mother conceive me. So, although God makes this way available, one and only one human, human being has been able to do it. It just is not possible for an ordinary person. Now, the way that depends on God involves God the Father sending his only begotten Son into the world to take our place as a human being under the law. And God's Son, Jesus, is perfect. And with him there are are no mistakes, no slips, no slip-ups, no whoops, or sorry about that. Jesus has no blemish, no spot, no wrinkle or blot. 
Jesus is the one and the only human being who passed the test with a perfect score of 100%. And the apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 22 and 23, he said this, he committed no sin, neither was there deceit found in his mouth. And when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So God the Father sent his Son, Jesus, into the world. And Jesus became the perfect human being for you and for me. Now on top of that, Jesus submitted to his Father, and he took up all of our sins, and he took up everything from the sins that we consider the worst to the sins that we don't even really notice. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And Jesus then took those sins to the cross where he suffered and he died for us. And Peter said in 1 Peter 2, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And by his wounds, we have then been healed. This is the way that God makes us holy. This is the only way to be ready for the last day when it comes. Jesus Christ, God's Son, must give his holiness to us. And he offers that holiness to us from the cross. Jesus did not remain among the dead. No, he, he did not. He rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and he has promised that he will return on the last day. To do what? On the last day, to raise all mankind from the dead, just as he himself rose from the dead on the third day. And on that day, there will be two reactions to his coming. All of those who attempted to produce their own holiness will find that God's presence is exceedingly painful. They will do anything to get away from God. In fact, the Bible describes this terror this way in Revelation 6, starting at verse 15. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks. They said, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? And they will see the coming of Jesus, and they will flee from his presence in terror, and they will prefer the eternal punishment of hell to the presence of the living God. 
Those who rest in the holiness of Jesus Christ, the holiness that he earned for us on that cross, these will see the Lord's coming with rejoicing. That's you rejoicing on that last day. They will join together with the church and rest in the love of God. As the Bible says in Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church that he gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And again, the Bible says in Revelation 21, Behold, the dwelling place of, the, of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things, the former things have passed away. So when we do a careful study of the Bible, of all the signs of the end, we learn that they have all come to pass. That there is no prophecy waiting to be fulfilled except the actual coming of the last day. For we all know that the Lord could reveal himself before this service is over. Some of you are probably saying, please come now, Lord Jesus. On the other hand, we might be dead and buried for centuries before he returns. The Lord's encouragement to us would be the same. He would say, be on guard. Keep awake. Therefore, stay awake. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Be ready for the last day, at any time. It's not important to know the date of the last day. In fact, Jesus says that we can't know that time. It is not important to know anything about the details of our eternal existence. The important thing is this, to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins that makes us constantly ready for the day when he will show himself and will raise the dead. Jesus urges us to be awake, to be on guard, so that we will receive him in joy, the joy that anticipates life forever with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen.